Welcome to Consider Yourself Hugged, episode something. I am Tammy. And I'm Michelle. And we are so excited today. I've been trying to get this amazing woman on for weeks now. Um, Holly Lamar is, you'll learn so much about her during our conversation, but I met her at a falconry experience recently. So I'm going to read a little bit of her bio and then I'll post the entire bio in the show notes. Um, Yes, I'll post her entire bio in the show notes and everything else that you can learn about her. So um, Holly Lamar grew up in Cairo, Georgia, a small town in Georgia. Um, She went to school, she went to boarding school, and then she graduated from Duke University in economics and Spanish. Then she moved to New York City and worked as an investment banker on Wall Street at the firm of Solomon Brothers. But I love this. She says, one night she went to see a friend in a play and remembers clearly the moment she realized she had always really wanted to perform and be creative. She began singing and tried out for rock bands, writing her first song when one of the bands asked her to write a melody and a lyric. Soon after, she moved to Nashville in 1995, and she actually wrote her first, like, uh, number one single, Faith Hill's Breathe, which still is her most successful record. She has written, gosh, I think, Holly, is it over 100 songs? Do I have that right? Hundreds, hundreds. I've probably had over 40 cuts on different artists. 40, I was, yes, that's exactly right. Um, She, I'm now just kind of, kind of like bounce around, but she moved from, from the United States to the UK. She began her falconry work there. And then she came back to the States to continue her songwriting, to build her falconry business. I'm going to read just two more things that she said, because this is so important to everything she is. Holly's writing is edgy, emotional, and true to life. She has fought against being molded into what everyone has wanted in the past from her and says, I wouldn't change a thing. So we are so excited. What's going to happen on this show? We began talking, the three of us, before we really jumped into the show. And so instead of just like beginning in the beginning, we're going to begin in the middle. So without further ado, here's our conversation with Holly. I do want people listening to know, you know, I met Holly um, a couple of months ago when my sweet husband bought me a falconry gift certificate. Birds have been something I've loved um, since I started teaching school. Um, I don't know when that was, but so I've just loved that. And he got that for me. And so we went and it just, you know, Holly allowed us to handle some of the birds, not all of the birds. She was very, um, her and her her description of the birds and what they do and it was just so amazing and then to come to hear the things other things she does like yoga and she was in the music business and I was just like this woman is amazing and I I leaned over and told them I was like I have to have her on my show she's just (laughs) she's so amazing and so you know you talked about so so just now we're talking about you um, and I'm re- when I read your bio, it said that you graduated from Duke University. So you grew up in Georgia in this small town. Yeah. And then you, you went to boarding school and you graduated from Duke with degrees in economics and Spanish. Mm-hmm. Like, how did, you go, how did you go that direction? And then you got a job at a bank on, a, on Wall Street. And was that just something? I was thinking that time, you know, in the, in the late eighties, you know, everybody was going for banking jobs and 
I guess when it came time at college to choose a major, I just followed that, you know, I just did what I thought again, and, you know, was going to position me the best to make the most money and be the most successful so that I could have all this thing, external stuff set up so I could then be happy inside, which, mm-hmm. you know, we, a lot of people do nowadays, you know, and, and people even do that in, in, in pursuing creative stuff as well. A lot of performing and, you know, creative people pursue things because they think that's gonna make them happy, you know, and then they get something and it doesn't. I mean, I heard, you know, Trent Reznor from the Nine Inch Nails say exactly the same thing that, you know, he thought when he had more followers, more Instagram followers, Facebook followers, more record sales, more this and that, that he would, you know, be happy. And actually he said it was the opposite. The more he got that external stuff, the less happy he was. And that kind of happened with me both in banking and, and in the music business. Um, Cause did you, did you find the, the like success in the banking world or did you Oh, well, I mean, you know, I made 60 grand my first year out of college in 1989. Um, I worked, yeah, I was hired by Solomon Brothers. You know, I had a very prestigious position for two years there. Solomon Brothers, you know, and I could have continued on in that um, vein. I had one of four jobs that they hired in that, in that year. So, yes, I mean, that would be... Mm-hmm certainly an example of success in that to get one of those positions and work for one of the top investment banks on wall street, you know, because you got what everybody wanted, what everybody thought they wanted. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was, it was one of the most coveted jobs straight out of college that you could, you could get, you know, but so much of my life was doing what I thought I needed to do to, you know, and even in the music business, it was that way too, because I just approached it in an unhealthy way. Again, anytime you, you approach anything in your life with thinking that it's somehow going to, you know, fill some hole in you, it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's something you've always wanted to do or something you never wanted to do, it's still not going to fill that hole. There's, it's, you know, what they say in, the 12 step programs, it's a God shaped hole and it's a, it's a spiritually shaped hole. And so if you're not, um, if it's not coming from that connection, which I think I've, I finally started to achieve, <clears throat> you know, with the birds, mm. my aims are connected to my own spiritual growth and my own spiritual beliefs. And, and I'm doing that, I'm starting to do that in music as well, you know, um, um, and I just think that everything changes in that sense. Um, you so know, that, the, didn't, that didn't come until, so all this time you're pursuing these things that you think are going to f- fill these God-sized holes that cannot be filled in any other way. Like, when did you start to like realize that? Was it, was it, through the birds, like before or after you started? What's it was the- about the same time, but I had started already, you know, I had started on a whole self-help sort of journey, um, you know, when I started doing the Kundalini yoga, 
um, meditating, um, spiritual study, Hindu philosophy. Um, and then at the same time, I was, I was doing um, Al-Anon, which is part of a 12-step program for friends and family of people who, you know, have an alcohol problem. And then, of course, through that, I realized that basically my family, more than anything, had a, a codependency problem. And, and co the definition of codependency is just seeking self externally, um, which is a lack of an inner spiritual connection. So it was kind of in everything I was doing, whether it was, I just started um, working on my own um, problems with my own ego, you know, and my spiritual connection with, with the universe, with myself, with the, the whole, with other people. <clears throat> and so to, my intentions became more spiritually based and based out of the self-esteem that I gained from doing that. And then, so then, yes, obviously I may have been doing the, you know, you can approach the music business from a spiritual intention and you can approach, approach it from an ego intention and, you know, you get two different experiences. And so the more sort of, you know, stuff that I did to sort of resolve my own inner conflicts, whether that was, you know, Western therapy, Eastern philosophy, a 12-step program, or just getting out in nature and wildlife. It was all kind of, it all happened kind of at the same time and over the same period, because I was seeking a spiritual basis in everything I was doing, so... But I mean, that's really powerful that the concept that how you approach something yeah. makes all the difference. Yeah. Yeah. And, but to, but to do that, you have to understand what are my intentions? What's my motivation in anything I'm doing? Even in my, you know, you could be going to the grocery store and if your, you know, intention and motivation in your interaction with the, you know, the lady who's checking you out is, a selfish motivation you know if you're seeking self in others if you're trying to impress others so you feel better about yourself or if you're just going there trying to get your food and smile at the person yeah. meanwhile and spread some cheer you're going to have two different experiences you know if you're pissed off and angry and you're in the line and you're angry at the person in front of you and behind you and you don't feel like she's going fast enough because all you think about is your own timing then you know you're not going to have a great experience but if you're if you're yeah, thinking about that other person and yourself and just enjoying being in the moment like we do with the birds you know and and trying to make the most of of you, you know that moment in that day and being present rather than thinking about everything that you need to do when you get home or everything that you did wrong that day or you know, it's just all about being in the present moment. And, and, um, <clears throat> but, you know, it's a process that requires a, a lot of un uncovering of mm. our entire lifetime, basically. I mean, that's what the 12 step program is about. You go through this inventory and you write out every resentment you've ever had and you figure out which part what part of that resentment is yours? What, what am I responsible for in this resentment that I have towards somebody else? And usually there's some sort of selfish motive or intention that I had 
that allowed me to set myself up to be resentful, you know, and, and that's why I think the 12 step program is really powerful because it, it gets rid of those, that ego, you know, and so does, so do um, spiritual philosophies. You know, I think that's a lot what a lot of the Eastern philosophies are about as well as, you know, Jesus. Um, so that, you know, when you talk about the ego, gosh, all of those things, like I hadn't heard the 12 step program, that aspect of it, like with resentments and things, that's really interesting. I hadn't heard that before. And I also, you know, I remember reading the four agreements when you just talked about, it's all about, and Michelle said too, how powerful that was, that it's your approach to it. And I, this, this book, the four agreements, which you probably have heard of or read, it's American. And so one of the things they talk about is don't be careful about how you respond. I know I'm screwing this up the way it is, but be, be careful about the, the self-worth you get from people's praise, because however much you get importance from their praise, you will be equally as devastated by their criticism. And, you know, with Michelle and I, you know, with doing the show, um, well, with me going out speaking, it's so easy to leave an event or we could finish a show that's just been so great. And we've just gotten all this praise about it. And then the next day it could be, you know, we post something or I go out and speak and it just flops, but it's, it's about the intent I mean, that well, is it's all about attachment, actually. It's like, how, how attached are you to whatever it is you're getting externally, you know, and how much are you depending on that for your own validation? Um, or peace. That is a lot of what the 12 steps talks about. It's like, what other people think of me is not my business, you know? And that's, you know, a lot of um, what I uncovered do, working through those steps it's like, um, you know, what's my part? What are, what is, they call it character defects. I, but I don't like the word defect. Um, mm. What, what, what am I engaging in, in this particular inner change? And it's basically putting too much importance on what other people think of me. And I can get, you know, I can do that with the whole bird thing. You know, I, I say, it's like, oh, I love it. People come and they, they're happy to see me and they're, you know, and they, when they leave, they're happy. I make people happy. Well, I'm attached to that too, you know? Um, and with, whereas the music business, you know, I sure people love it when you sing or you write a great song, but in the actual business of it, you get a lot of negative feedback. Um, you know, the more successful you are and the higher the bar, the more negative feedback you get. And so, Maybe I'm focusing more on the birds because I get more positive feedback. <laughs> I, I'm not a big fan of that whole negative feedback. Michelle knows that. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'll deal with it. I know it's important, but I don't love it. So if somebody says, Can I give you some feedback? I'm like, no. You know, if you're asking, if you're asking if you can, I'm gonna say <laughs> like pass, pass, pass. <laughs> no, thanks. You know, you said here too in part of your bio is you said that the the more you have to fight for something the more success you've had at that very thing and it sounds like you know that's kind of what you're doing is you're just pushing and trying to grow and 
you know, yeah. be stronger and be more aware. And mm-hmm. that's a lifetime. Oh yeah. And I, you know, I've had it really, I mean, I had a really tough time in falconry in the, in the UK. Um, because- yeah, talk about, talk about, let's talk about that for a few minutes, the birds and your time in the UK. And that's, that's in your bow too. Yeah. Listen, you're yeah. listening right now. you got to go you got to go visit her website and see her birds because, and there's no way we could cover every little thing about her in our 30, 40 minute show. So, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, um, you know, as I, I got into it, obviously, cause I fell in love with a chicken and I was ripe for, you know, anything to do with animals and nature. I've always loved being outside. And, um, I'm sorry. Uh, is, is that why you remind me, is that why you went to the UK or when you got to the UK? You I got to the UK. No, I, I went just to just go, to go. In Europe, basically. And okay. I, I think, you know, I pulled a bit of a geographic, um, you know, as they say, I thought, well, I'll just go live in Europe. You know, I'm sick of the music business and I'll go live in Europe. And you always think things will be better or more exciting somewhere else. And and it was exciting. Um, I mean, I, you know, I wanted to use my languages in Europe. And so I moved over there and then um, I sort of was not doing as much music and got more into wildlife. And I've always wanted to combine the music and the falconry. Um, and I just ended up on a series of webcams watching um, raptors breeding in the wild. And I just, um, I'd always been inspired by eagles and raptors just as sort of shamanic um, symbols and symbols of, you know, they, Native Americans call them the messengers to the gods because they fly and they're, they are the apex predator. They're, their senses, uh, you know, at least four out of their five senses are pretty much supernatural. Um, and, and certainly more than any other beings, they are in the present moment all the time, you know, so quite dharmic in that sense. And, um, I just was very inspired by them. And I noticed that a lot of people that were watching these webcams were experiencing some sort of connection and healing from being, feeling connected to that frequency of sort of Mm -hmm. oneness of, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so, so that's yeah, how I got into it over in England. And of course, I found it a lot easier to get into it there than I think people do here because it's a lot more prevalent. It's, it's been a part of their culture, you know, um, for thousands of years in Europe and in Asia. Whereas when we came over, you know, to the new world, so to speak, mm-hmm. Um, the Native Americans used them ceremonially, but they didn't really so much for falconry. And then, of course, by the time that we, the Western, the old world came over, um, we already had guns and stuff like that. So maybe falconry hadn't been used as much as a way of surviving, whereas back in England and in Europe and in Asia, you know, for thousands of years, it was used just as a way of surviving. For hunting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. For hunting. So mm-hmm. you, you, you started that, you said you had a hard time. Was that when you were over there? Was that? Uh, it was a result of being American, being a female and also being in that sort of 
industry, um, it was very male dominated. Um, hmm. A lot of it, you know, was more country, you know, um, and I was just very confident and I was successful. I had money and I was very outgoing and, you know, British people just don't dig it when you come along and act like they like people to sort of pay their dues and start at the bottom and be a bit more, you know, um, humble or no yeah something like that or yeah just quiet and whatever and you know they have a, a way of sort of bigging themselves up by putting other people down it's sort of ingrained in their culture too and and not only that they also have this sense of humor that just quote, <laughs> unquote, take, takes the piss and it's very different from our sense of humor so I think there was a lot of jealousy and resentment and I didn't know you know how to navigate that properly and so I just was myself this song singer songwriter creative person that <laughs> just came on and plus I was southern you know and outgoing and friendly and it just I just rubbed them the wrong way and 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 again there was a lot of people who were jealous because I'd been very successful so how long did I, you stay over there I was there for a total of 10 years, I think. Yeah. Oh gosh. I didn't realize it was that long. Yeah. And that's when you did all of your training, right? Yes. All mm -hmm. your training. And yeah. then what brought you back here? Well, <laughs> my mother was very ill and dying. And so I came back to take care of her. Plus mm. I just had enough of England by then the weather. And I ended up weirdly being, um, kind of set up for a, a, a something in the wild world of wildlife there I you know all of these people that resented me kind of set me up to get in trouble for rescuing a peregrine when um it's it's really complicated um they just wanted me gone and they kind of set me up for something that oh no yeah, it's a it's a long story, and and if you heard all about it, it's it's a movie, it's a script, because everything that you saw in me when you came, mm -hmm. what they set me uh, said about me and set me up for is the exact opposite of everything that I actually am, and so it's just it's quite um, it it'll it'll make a good book someday. Yeah, I was basically set up to be a wildlife criminal, but. Well, we won't push you. You can tell us however much you want, but I'm, you know, no, no, it's, yeah, I don't want to, more than that, I won't say at this point, wait, wait for the book. So we're going to wait for the book. Okay. Everybody hears that. We're going to, we're going to wait. But luckily, you know, I'm back and, um, you yeah. know, particularly here in Tennessee in Nashville, where I've had a lot of success and support in the past and, and you're writing again knew me from my music so I think even the wildlife people here knew that that it was there was something off in what had happened and so they were quite glad to give me my falconry license and have been really supportive and you know I just try and stay under the radar a little bit um but luckily it is happening um I'm I am hopefully affecting people oh you are people that want you know that come to see it more um than just um for 
you know, hunting per se, that they come to it more for, you know, the wildlife and the exposure to nature and more spiritual. Um. Yeah. Well, I mean, I had no idea and, you know, it was so inspiring just, I mean, what you've done is sort of like the epitome of all of this COVID because we've had to pivot and reinvent ourselves and there's been so much change and, um, and your, your program. So, you know, if you live in the middle Tennessee or anywhere in Tennessee, Kentucky, any, I mean, just within whatever you consider to be a comfortable driving distance, please go because, you know, Holly's program is it's, I mean, she, you know, I have a biology degree. Michelle has a chemistry degree, but it's, it's biology. You know, she teaches you about the anatomy of the birds and the behavior of the birds, you know, and talks about the spiritual connection and allows you to have that with the birds. And it just, I, I just loved every second of it. Is it, is it going well? Are people? Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty booked, you know, I, but I need to hire some marketing help, I think, because I just don't even have time to do everything. You know, I've been trying to, I want to do t-shirts with my logos, which I think a lot of people that Kim would buy and yes, lots of marketing stuff that I need to do right now. I'm my only employee and I need, I, I need, I need other people who want to learn falconry to come and who want to actually, I could use a partner, you know, who wants to learn and go and do the educational talks and stuff like that. Cause I could probably have three people doing, you know, one person could be doing an educational talk in school. Another could be doing a wedding. I could be doing the talks here. Yes. And, you know, I want to add, I actually want to do a show where I'm actually, my music is the soundtrack and I'm singing and flying the birds and the whole idea behind the show, it would be called Wonderland, mm. the number one. Um, and it's all about how we're all one, you know, these two opposing, what seem diametrically opposed beings, a human being and a apex predator can actually have a symbiotic relationship. So that's, oh, yeah. So that's, you know, so there's a lot of, of for the future planned. Um, I'd like to do some healing workshops actually with the birds and even my little doves that I'm training to fly. Let's think of some women's events. I'd love to. Yeah. Do some women's events. I had a woman who came yesterday or Thursday (laughs) um, who is a healer, an energy healer. And I, um, and she is as part of a group. Um, she's over in Hendersonville and they, they have a group of people who do lots of, they all do healing stuff together and stuff like that. So yeah, I definitely want to do some events, um, particularly with the doves of, about like letting go of anger and grief and all that. And then send the doves off, you know, that sounds symbolically. Well, do you have any other, like Michelle, do you have any other questions? And then Holly, do you have any other just simple or deep or whatever words of wisdom for the women who are listening? Well, I think we should would have her on again sometimes because I do have questions, but I mean, it would just take a long time. So <laughs> I'd love for you to come back sometime and talk. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if you think of some things you want to talk about specifically, um, you know, in any of those areas that I've done, um, yeah, more than happy to come back on and, and take a whole yeah. 
podcast on one, you know, whether it's just the music or just the birds and talk about those businesses, certainly. Yeah, and the concept of like the the healing, uh-huh. like through the use of the birds, I feel like that would be super interesting as well. So. Absolutely, yeah. And I was, uh, uh, you know, going to start some music stuff too on, on that as well, the healing, so. Very um, cool. Love it. Um, great. All right. Well, Holly, we were so excited to have you today. And as always, please, y'all go to the show notes at TammyWest.com. And Holly's links will be in there. Her full bio, um, the link to her music, the falconry, all of that will be in there. Um, Everything she wants to send us. Um, The link to Michelle's practice will be there as always. So make sure that you see that. Join our Facebook group if you have not done that, A Place for Women. I think that's it, right? Did I get everything, Michelle? I think so. Awesome. Okay. And when we end, Holly, it's awkward and it never goes well, but it, it's fun to do. So I will just say until next time, and then the three of us together will say, consider yourself hugged. We're not very together, but we try. <laughs> oh, that's fine. I've done lots of things like that. Okay, we try. All right, ladies. So here we go. And until we're together again, consider yourself. Hi. Um, <laughs> she did pretty good. Better than yeah. <laughs> this is much better. <laughs> <laughs>